And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You gotta be kidding me. Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hoach. 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 Put it in the corner. Hoach. From CHGO, it's Adam Ho, and from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. It's one of the craziest games that I've covered live. But that crazy for me. I feel like, how many times a season do we say that? Yeah, but this one, like, I know. In the red zone. I'm, I'm not disputing what you're zone. saying. I'm just like, how does this franchise keep doing that? Anyway, uh, who cares? Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. They did it again, Adam Johns. They found another wild and wacky way to lose a football game. <laughs> it's what they do. They're good at it. It's unbelievable. I mean, we're what? Uh, about three hours removed from the end of this game now. So it's uh, all things have settled in a little bit. I have a lot of questions for you about what was going on at Soldier Field after this game. And some of the questions that were asked, answered, clarified later. What in the hell, John? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, I, I have a line in my column like that. Like Kevin Warren has to be thinking the same thing. Like, what the heck is going on here? Yeah. It's not good. If he doesn't know the job he took, he does now. <laughs> good luck. Mess. That that locker room, I'm not sure what, what Nick painted for you earlier, but that locker room was, I've seen some pretty down and shocked locker rooms, right? Like surprisingly, like, how did we lose that game? Like just bewildered locker rooms. This is one of the worst ones that I've seen. There were players on the ground, like looking blankly into the sky. Justin Fields didn't start taking the tape off his ankles until 328. 328. So that's nearly what a half hour after the game had ended. Yeah. Like players yeah. are already leaving the locker room at that point. Like assistant coaches, long gone, getting into their cars and off to dinner. And he's sitting there literally wearing this loss while he's still in his pads. Um Kevin Warren came through the locker room at 332. First time I've seen him, 332 p.m. He cut through the locker room. That's the lead of my column. Check that on the Did he just walk through soon. or did he? talk to anyone he just walked he, through he, he gave me a nice pat in the back he shook kevin fishbane's hand and he was on he was off off he went hopped on a cart outside the locker room and away he went then matt Eberflew spoke so yeah nice afternoon all right <laughs> so yeah does let's you know what let's not let's save the claypool stuff for a second i want to talk about what you just talked about with fields which yeah nick relayed to us on chgo too there's a lot to feel good about from Justin Fields' game. But what I am 
I'm not sure how much of it matters because of how the game ended. And I'm not talking public perception. I'm talking about with him, right? So, like, there was a scenario in which this turned into a route where you don't have to worry about the fourth quarter. There's no fourth quarter big drive needed. And you could just go home tonight and feel good about the 23 of 24 start, the great touchdown throws, and there was a number of them, right? And just go into a short week with a giant boost of confidence. And maybe Thursday you need a big drive on a Thursday night game like you did last year against Washington when you actually did make the right th- the cr- big throw and your wide receiver, in that case, Darnell Mooney, didn't make the play. So like maybe that still would have come later in the week, but at least you could have gone home feeling good. You ended the losing streak. You did so emphatically. You played well. And the QB1's got a huge boost. It almost feels, I don't want to say irrelevant because it still happened, but this whole idea of finishing games and learning how to win, in that regard, this was such a big L. And I'm not even, I'm not sitting here trying to blame Justin for all of it. The defense was terrible. The coaching was terrible. I get it. But there were still two fourth quarter turnovers. And that's what I'm talking about Justin's mindset now. Justin's not going home thinking about the defense blowing the game or the coaching. He f- defended the fourth down call at the end, regardless of how he feels, you know, if that's how he feels about it or not. He's thinking about the turnovers. He's thinking about how he couldn't finish. And so that boost of confidence, I don't know that you can really hang your hat on it today. No, I don't think it exists. Justin Fields looked shell shocked in his locker. Yeah, that's that's not good. Not good at all for a player who had the best game of his career going, like yeah. by far. First time he's ever surpassed 300 yards, but it's still two turnovers at the at the end in the fourth quarter that seals his fate in this one. And I'm not really even blaming him for that. The sack strip. I mean, that's a tough play. Naked boots are supposed to be like that sometimes, and. You don't want them to be like that sometimes, but sometimes that's what happens in situations like that. So it's a, it's a tough look, tough call in that moment. The interception was obviously a miscue, but yes, the mistakes sadly outweigh a brilliant game, like one that would have been, even against the lowly Denver Broncos, one that deserved praise for how efficient he looked, how confident he looked, the accuracy of his throws. Lugetti deserved praise at one point. It's all gone because of a couple plays and the outcome. Well, and the same can be said about Getzi because, yes, for a while there, that was a great plan. Play calls were rolling. But the Broncos adjusted. They they took away the boots. That's why. And there were signs of it before the fumble. The play before that where they tried that boot, Fields escaped a disaster on his own and made a great play. So that should have been a sign of maybe don't call that anymore. It's not there. It was. It's not there anymore. And so from the offensive coordinator standpoint, the Broncos adjusted, shut you down, and you didn't adjust back. There's a commenter calling this the the Mitch Tampa game 2.0. No, it's not that because Mitch, they won that game. Yeah. (laughs) Trubisky threw six touchdown passes in, in that game, and it was just a 
different confidence booster for a different season. Like that season was was going well. This is a bad Bears team with a bad defense, a lot of young players learning on the fly with a defensive head coach who can't get a defense to work when it matters most too. It's okay. So now this is where I bring in some stats that make you sick. The Bears split a sack today. So they, they did add to their sack total. They now have two on the season in four games. Okay. Khalil Mack, <laughs> this game just ended. Let me double check to make sure he didn't pad his stats anymore. Um, yep, it's the same. So <laughs> Khalil Mack today, six sacks, five tackles for loss, four quarterback hits, one PBU, and two forced fumbles. <laughs> That was all today. Yeah, the, well, that's a special player right there. The Bears don't have Cleo Mack anymore. Adam okay, Hogan. let me give you a not-so-special player. Nicholas Morrow. Oh, our old friend. Three sacks today <laughs> Come on. with the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh. yeah. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that these are players the Bears should have. No. I understand why they traded Khalil Mack. It started the rebuild. Get it. Nicholas Morrow, whatever. But the point is, they can't scheme sacks. And these players that were here are going elsewhere and getting sacks. Like, Nicholas Morrow's not even a pass rusher. Maybe the Eagles are using him that way. I'm not sure. But it, come on, man. Two sacks in four games? There's no pressure. Now, part of that's personnel. Part of that's on Ryan Poles. But part of that is Ryan Poles working with Matt Eberflus and what they want this personnel to be. It's not good enough to sack the quarterback with four. So their sack today was a Jack Sanborn blitz. Then it took three other guys or two other guys to help get him down. Russell Wilson, yeah. that is. So it was schemed, but it's still not enough. The defense just isn't good enough. And, and I know they have young players playing in the secondary. The entire secondary just feels hurt. They're going to have mistakes, but that's where coaching comes in, right? But that's what, like, let me simplify this as much as I can, almost irresponsibly. But, like, if you have a defensive minded head coach, you should be able to protect a 28 to 7 lead. Like, is that off base? Well, one of those was on the, uh, Justin Fields, the, the sack strip and the scoop That's and score. But That's a fair point. I, I think, like, maybe to your argument, like, I like that Matt Eberflus went for it on fourth down. I don't like the play call. I like the idea of going it on fourth down. I like going for the kill. I like going for the jugular. I like putting the Broncos away in that situation. You get the fourth down conversion there with three minutes left. That game is yours. It's yours. Get the easier kick for Cairo Santos, or you score yourself. Touchdown, whatever. Yeah. I like the idea of going for it. I don't like the play call. One play after that, just one play, you get the defensive breakdown. I think it was cover two. Perfect shot from Russell Wilson down the right sideline. Like that's what happens. That's how slim the margin of error for the Bears. It, it really is. That's it. That's, that, that was the game right there. One play later. 
so well, and this is where you got you and I agree on this because I I didn't mind the decision to go for it, and the analytics actually said kick the field goal. Fine. I mean, I don't know how much those analytics are taking into account. How bad the Bears I'm defense not sure is? <laughs> anybody watching that game thought the Broncos would, you know, not at least get a field goal. Um, my issue was everything else. Not just the play call, but like, how do you burn a time out there? Like, if you're if you're gonna go for it, regardless, you do just the hard count it. and then you run a play. Just go for it. You don't waste. It. So that tells me they didn't really know what they were gonna do, and it tells me that they lined up, they did the hard count thing. We're probably planning on kicking the field goal. And then they saw something there that they thought was there based on how they lined up. And then in that moment, after burning the timeout, they said, well, let's go for it anyway. And then they didn't get it still. I just, everything about that process is questionable. I realized Darnell Wright took responsibility after the game, talking to Nicholas Moriano that he, and, and maybe he's talking to others too, but I saw Nick tweet this, but, um, he missed the block on that fourth down. He didn't get to the linebacker. Whatever. You ran the Philly sneak twice last week and it worked. Why? Why? Are, what, what are you doing? Just run. If you're going to do that, just run that. I, 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 there's So the play call is questionable. The operations, the process, it's all questionable. Uh, all of it's fair game. And that's all just the on-field stuff. Then there's all the stuff after the game where they can't communicate properly either. With Chase Claypool, you're talking. Yeah. yeah. So Chase Claypool was not in the building today. I think we established that early on when everybody up in the press box had their binoculars out looking at the the sideline. Not yeah. there. I found it interesting right away as soon as I walked into the Bears locker room that he had a stall. And in that stall were like the sideline attire the sweatsuits that everybody who was inactive was wearing. It was their hanging, looked untouched, as right there on the hangers. And then after, afterwards, Matt Eberflus, was, he basically said that it was he was given a choice. Here it is. If you're watching. This looks like uh, what, John Greenberg tweeted this? Yes, yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. transcript. Um mm-hmm. The Bears, according to Matt Eberflus, told Chase Clipple it was his choice whether or not to stay at home or not. Obviously, he wasn't here, so he stayed home. The Bears, through a team spokesman, later clarified that they asked Fields, sorry, they asked Claypool. Well, well here, for, for our podcast listeners, let me read this transcript real quick because they can't see it. Um, was he not here today? Matt Eberflus, he was not here. Did you guys tell him to stay home? No. He chose to stay home? No. He he chose, what are you asking? Why was he not at the stadium today like the other inactive players? I'm not sure. So it's his choice. We are, we told him that it was a choice and he's at home right now. Yeah, there's a little bit more to the back and forth as, as well. It's just, why are things so needlessly complicated with this team? Why does a team spokesman have to clarify what was said or what was meant to be said? Well, so here's the thing. Let's say it is what the the problem is. Even after the clarification, like I, 
everyone's sitting there like, well, what should we believe? Like the head coach said one thing. Now they're saying the head coach was wrong. That's just a bad look to begin with. But let's say it is okay. The, the Bears clarify this. Flus said whatever he said in the press conference for whatever reason he said it. But the team told him to stay home. Well, if you're trying to hold a player accountable by saying, don't even come to the stadium, we'll see you on Monday at work, which is essentially like a suspension, right? Like yeah. being inactive is one thing. He's you're done being, here. Let, let's, yeah, this is it. Right. I, I don't think you can come back from this personally. Well, well, let's get to that in a second. But all I'm trying to say is you're trying to hold a player accountable. Then why can't you go to the podium and just say that? Why, why can't you? Why do you? Because saying you gave a player a choice on whether or not to come to work. No wonder the Bears had to clarify that. That that just looks and sounds horrible. Are you on the team or are you not on the team? You don't give them a choice. So that's why the clarification makes sense, whether it's true or not. Like, whatever is true. Like, that's why the team comes out and says, well, wait a minute. Like, this wasn't a choice. Because the fact it's a choice is just mind-boggling. You're either holding the guy accountable or you're not. And I don't understand why Matt Eberflew struggles. I know like some coaches are just like, I'm never going to throw my player under the bus. Well, this is way beyond that. You can still show a level of accountability through the media. And I think he just struggles to do that. I think that's why he misspoke. If you're going to go down that road, misspoke, lied, whatever you want to say. I mean, it's pretty clear in the transcript what was said. I think it's okay to throw a player under the bus. I do too. (laughs) <laughs> I, I mean, in it's a case-by-case case basis. In but terms yeah. of holding a player accountable, absolutely. I think more coaches should do it. Some do it in their, their more subtle ways. It hasn't worked out. Chase Claypool, the acquisition of Chase Claypool is Ryan Poles' worst move. There's not even a close second, in my opinion. It's not good. He's done yeah. here. I, I don't think you could come back from this. Even though Matt Eberflus said he expected him to be at Alice Hall on Monday, tomorrow... I don't believe. I don't believe he will. I think this is you either try to trade him or you cut him. This is it. You don't need this continuing in already a tumultuous season. Yeah. Um, it's a bad situation. I almost feel like you. I mean, maybe that's his choice. Or I. Well, are you saying that because you think they're going to hold him accountable and cut him, or because you think he's just done with them? I think it's both ways at this point, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I get the the phrasing is they asked him to stay home, but you told him not to come to the game. Like you are not part of this team. We don't want you to be part of this team, even if it's for this. But day. then they told him to come to work Monday. Again, a lot of miscommunication going on here in terms of accountability. I'm stuck on what Kevin Warren might be thinking. Like that is my column for tomorrow. Seeing him walk through the locker room, I'm like, oh gosh, what is he thinking? Like, there's got to be so many questions, so many concerns. Like, why is it taking Justin Fields this long to look this good? Why did the Bears lose when he looked this good? Why does he keep making mistakes? Why is this defense so bad? Why can't the Bears rush the passer? What are we missing? Who are we missing? We have the wrong guys here. There's got to be so many questions going through Kevin Warren's mind. Like, what the hell have I gotten myself into? <laughs> There's a yeah, lot going well, on. Forget the that. stadium. Forget building a stadium. Like, you got to build a better team and, and structure here. This this is not good. 
Well, and that was the thing, right? The the hope was he was taking this job and he could focus on the stadium. I mean, obviously there's other things, but the, the hope was the right people are in place to take care of the football team. Kevin Warren could come in here. I don't think he was anticipating having to, you know, go through a Rolodex of possible coaches that might have to be hired here. Um, and maybe making a decision on the GM because who knows where this goes. Honestly, I mean, we've been down this road before. All things end up on the table. Um, You know what Mike Tomlin said after the Steelers lost to the Texans today? He was asked if there's going to be changes. And he said, hell yeah, there's going to be changes. That's one of the best in the business. Like Going back to the accountability thing, like you – you don't have to sit there and sugarcoat everything like there's no problems. Anybody who looks at this team or has any type of conversations behind the scenes at all understands that there's problems. This Claypool thing's been festering since week one. He should have been inactive maybe, maybe even two. Maybe even longer than that. Wait, so does that mean Mitch Trubisky's going to be back as the uh, Steelers starter? I don't know about that. Hey, now. Uh, but um, Pickett was pretty bad today, right? I don't know. I didn't follow enough of that game. We'll catch up on it later. Um, this is bad, though, Johns, and I don't know how you... How do you regroup on a short week? I think sometimes that could help a team. Yeah. But I don't know if the Bears are that team. Like They were exceptional through like three and a half quarters this game. Even the defense was good. They were getting off the field against Russell Wilson, right? Like special teams was making plays, although the Broncos helped them with that. Like they delivered short fields. Like everything was going the Bears way and they somehow managed to lose this game. So for most teams, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) A comment from Mike on the screen just made me laugh. Should the Bears try a different sport? (laughs) I mean, they have some for good most, baseball players. Yeah, uh, yeah. For most teams, I would say a short week helps. You know, forget it. Get back to work and move on. But Bears have a lot of problems right now. Like, a lot of guys, a lot of players played well today. And it still wasn't good enough. And I feel like you, you felt some of that in the locker room. Like, oh, crap. We might be bad. Like, that was felt in the locker room. At least that's what I had a sense of walking in and out of there. Yeah. And... I think as much as players say they avoid stuff in the media, how do you like players are paying attention to this Claypool thing. And let's say that Claypool was told to not come. And you see that your head coach said he had a choice. Aren't you scratching your head at that one? Because because you're making the player look bad, right? You're, you're trying to make it look like he had a choice to come to the game and he didn't. When you really told him not to be there? If we're going to go down that route, which is what the team settled on. If I'm Chase Claypool's teammate and I see that, I'm like, what the hell? At the same time, though, I'm sure some teammates know more of what's going on. I know, but aren't right? you wondering why your head coach, like, made him look worse in the press conference by saying yeah. he had a choice to be there or not? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Or you just know everything is a mess right now for your entire team. Yeah, well, that too. I mean, they're only like two weeks removed from the defensive coordinator mysteriously walking away from his post. 
It's been a wild four weeks, man. It's fun. There are 12. How many more games left? 13 more 13. games left? 13, 13 more games. Yeah. I wish there was 12. 13 more games. <laughs> it's been a crazy year already. Again, it's part of something Kevin Warren has to evaluate. Like, how did it get this crazy so fast? What's missing? I- a lot, a lot is missing. I think, uh, I think that much is obvious. Did you? I know you're in the press box. You don't always get uh, all the TV shots or see the TV at the right time. But did you happen to see the contrast in uh, shots at the booth that Ryan Poles was sitting in? No. When no. things were going very well, they sh- camera shot on Ryan Poles, and he was very, very happy. You know, celebrating. It might have been the last touchdown. Whenever it was, they cut to him, and then they cut to him. Um, after the fourth down decision where they didn't get it. And, well, you see Poles just standing there like almost in disbelief. And you see Jeff King just put his head down. Oh, I saying, saw that one. Like, like yeah, he, he yeah. swore into his hands there. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but just the contrast between those uh, within seemingly minutes. It didn't feel that long. Um it was hard to ignore that. You know, th- this was that. this game was going so smoothly for the Bears that at some point, like I had a full DJ Moore story typed up. DJ his was best, great. His best game as a Bear. First touch, a touchdown catch was outstanding. And then you're like, what the heck? You look at the clock and there's like nine minutes left. And here comes Russell Wilson. Here comes the scoop and score. Here comes the fourth and, and one failed conversion. And you're like, this is going off the rails again. Yeah. Kind of blows your mind how often they find ways to lose. This is 14 games in a row that we've covered. 14 losses in a row. Different players. I understand that. You know, it dates back to last season, but a lot of the same characters are still here. I don't know what solutions there might be in a little four-day stretch here, but like... Like when you hear Mike Tomlin say, "Yeah, there's going to be changes," like I don't even know if Flu said that what changes there could be. I, I think you stick with what worked today. Look, Getzy, it was creative. They're running that that until the Broncos motion. adjusted. It's, it's, yes, uh, yeah, well, that's part of it, and now you have to adjust as well. Um, I felt like towards the end of the game that they took the ball out of Justin Fields' hands a bit. They like relied too much on the run game where you needed fields to have that, well, that scramble and third and long to move yeah. the change. Like, why not throw the ball a little bit more? Where's the confidence in your quarterback in that point? Having the game of his life. So I felt that was notable towards the end. You get what you get sometimes with that. I just, I, the commanders, and I know they've been giving up some points here in the last couple of games. They also played the Bills and the Eagles. And, they still have a front that's pretty damn scary. Yeah. Um, I. These were the two worst football teams in the league that we watched here today at Soldier Field, and the Bears are yeah. now officially the worst team in football. There's not even a question. I, Carolina Panthers, maybe. Yeah, well, they do have the first two picks in the draft right now, <laughs> which would be amazing. Wouldn't if that, that be something? That would be incredible if that happened. Has that ever happened? We have to look that up. 
1965. Keep talking. Let me let me look this up. Yeah, I just first and second pick. The first and second pick in a draft draft would be unbelievable if it ends up. I mean, you can grab your quarterback and Marvin Harrison Jr. together. So in 1965, the Bears had the third and fourth overall pick. Do you know who they selected there? In 65, Gail Sayers and Dick Buckus. There you go. There you go. So there's hope, Adam. There's hope. That worked out pretty well. See, I know my Bears history. Long ways away, though, but. Um, and someone just said somehow we would f it up. I mean, I don't blame Bears fans for thinking that. You know, it's <laughs> that's the that's the thing that like Kevin Warren has to change that the lack of trust in it, this organization to get anything right at any time. You know. It's and I don't know how they do that, but it's gonna take it's gonna take time, quite frankly. But I think that's why right now it's like they just need to I don't know. Show there's gotta be some type of message that comes down from somewhere that makes anyone feel better about what's happened these first four weeks. And I don't really know but how that gets like I, like there are actual positives today. And they still like for, lost to the other worst team in the league. Yes. Yes. Well, there were supposed to be positives against the worst defense in the league. Right. And I thought what Justin Fields was better than good. I mean, he completed his great. first 16 passes like Tua did a week ago. Perfect that was pass a rating. Franchise record. That was a rare good franchise record. Yes. Yes. His only incompletion was the Hail Mary attempt. So it's like a bad hit on that one, but that's besides the point. Like, that was his only incompletion. Like he was having an outstanding game. And now we're talking about that with, well, they didn't get the fourth down and one. He threw the interception at the end. He had the fumble and the scoop and score for the Broncos. Like it just wasn't good enough. Yeah. All right. It's unfair to him in a sense, but you know, it's, it's what, it's what the bears are, but, um, Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the first time, we have Super Chats enabled here on Hogan Johns, and uh, we do need to get to those before we get out of here. Uh, Kent, we can go in any order you want. Um, Football CF Candy, I believe. I'm trying to get these dollar signs right. Johns is really hard with these Super Chats sometimes, but I believe that's Pound Sterling. Hiring a defensive head coach with a young QB. Never again. Yeah. Well, as you wrote about last week, you got to line it up properly. Yeah. Let's, so, let's at least have the defensive head coach be part of the evaluation process. That's what's so confusing about today to some standpoint. It's like the quarterback was good f- until he wasn't, but you wanted to feel. should have been good enough to win, you know, yeah. if, if the other parts pick him up. But I know what you're saying. You want a, a young quarterback to be aligned with a young head coach. But then we saw how that played out not too long ago. And that did not yeah. go well. You know, certain things. Certain element, there's different, there's extra elements that come into play when you have that young offensive mind head, head coach as well. All right. Uh, next one uh, Bears on Kauai. Love Bears on Kauai. Big CSGO supporter as well. Uh, first Hogan John Super. Good thing there weren't any good defensive tackles available. <laughs> Carter seems okay. Hargraves has three sacks. Yay, Bears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your first round pick, Darnell Wright's missing the block that leads to the tackle that leads to the miss, the fourth one. I also thought he jumped off early and missed the block on the Hail Mary that you just referenced where Justin took a shot. I, yeah, I noticed that too. He had, he had a few yeah. penalties today. It, and there was been, the block, the needless block in the back downfield when the play was already basically over on the Valus Jones end around. Yeah, it hasn't been an awful start for Darnell Wright. Like you still see the. I like the athleticism. Yeah, he's going to yeah, be a good player. He, um, his, his fundamentals, his technique needs to be cleaned up. It needs to be. He needs to be more consistent. He 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 ducks his head a bit, but it's there. But yes, but we call it. We we called this a, a while ago. We knew Jalen Carter was going to look very very good on that Eagles defensive front. We just knew it. Yeah. All right. Next one. Uh, D Schumack twenty seven ten dollars. Appreciate it, man. Uh, on the twenty eighth. 28 drive. He has a 20 yard scramble on third and 10 and then never has a play called for him again. They took the ball out of his hands all second half. Coaches took the game from him. I think there's a there was definitely signs of a lack of trust. 
as there's been yeah, we just times talk, this we just, season. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're thinking I, similar thoughts there. Um, you notice that when they're running that much, and it was working, but... But when he shows it to in the first half that he can do it. Yes. That's frustrating to not see him get that chance later. You know what? I wanted, like, that fourth and one to have him have the ball in his hands. I don't care where he was going to run it. I don't think he had to throw it because he's so strong and dynamic with his legs. Like, a quarterback sweep, quarterback power, you know? Yeah. Motion commit into a lead blocker. So you have two guys in front of him. Just, like, figure out a way to clear a hole for just one not even one, a half a yard. Put the ball in your playmaker's hand, like your best playmaker's hand on offense, and it was just the field. They didn't do it. Just run the Philly sneak that you already showed works. Yeah. And if you're going to play those games with Komet doing it, then run the play you ran against the Lions last year where he pitches it to fields. I mean, that would have been option one. That would have been option two for me. The sneak would have been option one. What they ended up doing, especially after burning a timeout, that they ended up needing... That's option 407, which is bad. Um, all right. was that? I think that's all the Supers. So um, appreciate it. It's a good start to the Super Chats here on Hogan Johns. Uh, well, we're back Tuesday. It's a quick week. We'll have just one episode before the game on Thursday. Then we'll be back Thursday uh, for our post game. And it'll be a long special guest episode, too. So we'll On Tuesday. Yes. Yes, we are gonna we gotta figure that out, plan that. I'm really looking forward to it. So be ready for Tuesday's episode because it's gonna be a fun one um, with a guest who's been on before, um, and we're really excited about it. So m- make sure you listen Tuesday. It's a must listen. Thanks for everybody sticking here today, live on YouTube or listening later on the pod. What a loss for the Bears. They, uh, as you've heard in our opens for years now, they <laughs> just find a way to. <laughs> How do they keep doing this? I don't know. I do not know. But somewhere, somehow, that bleeding has to stop. 14 in a row, a franchise record. It is embarrassing. I don't know what else to say. 0-4. Worst team in the league, man. Wow. It wasn't supposed to be like this. They shouldn't be this bad. They just shouldn't. So, all right. We're out of here. Follow us on Twitter at at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns, at Hogue and Johns. As well, make sure you're following the show account. All of the merch up at hogandjohns.com. Check it out. I know uh, we've seen a bunch of tweets from people wearing the hats, the polos. Love it. Keep them coming. We'll keep pushing them out on Twitter as well. We love seeing, uh, especially love where you're wearing them. Like, I love the photos of like, hey, I'm on top of this mountain in Montana wearing a Hogan Johns hat. Those are the best. Um, In the meantime, we're going to be here covering this team until, I don't know, Maybe they dissolve the team at some point. I don't know. Some point. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, all right. We'll talk to you Tuesday. See ya. You gotta be kidding me.